Somebody give him praise. So tonight, I should just give him praise. No matter what the burden you carry in your heart, Jesus says, take on my yoke. My yoke is easy. And my burden is a light. Tonight, I want you to just confess within your heart. Jesus, you are my rest. Jesus, you are my help. Jesus, you are my refuge. Jesus, you are my strength. Jesus, you are the pillar of my life. You are the one that I lean onto. I am not moved by the stormy seas that I see because my eyes are stayed upon you. I am not moved by everything that seems to want to drown my voice. I know one thing is sure, oh God, that you are on my side. Lord, I give you praise. And whatever that burden may be, I want you to just turn it over to him tonight. No matter what that burden is, I want you to turn it over to him tonight. He says, take on my yoke. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I want you to just turn it over to him. And tonight, just receive the peace of God. He says, do not be anxious for anything. But through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. Tonight, I just want you to say, Holy Spirit, I receive your peace. Holy Spirit, I receive your peace. I thank you. My mind is peaceful. My heart is secured in you. Everything around me responds to who you are. Just give him praise tonight. Just give him praise tonight. The word that came to us on Sunday was very succinct. That he had this plan even before you were born. He didn't consult you and I. He finished it before he brought you into the plan. So he wants you to know today, with confidence, ride in the boat. With confidence, go on in this walk. Because like the song says, he has never failed. He will never fail. He remains constant. He will never change. He says, I am the God and I change not. Just give him praise tonight. That this one that you have helped has come to worship you. This one that you have helped has come to worship you. This one that you have saved has come to worship you. This one that you have healed has come to worship you. This one that you have delivered has come to worship you. You want to be like Paul, that this is our confidence that he will save us and he will yet save us. I want you to know that if he has delivered you, he will continue to deliver you. He will not bring you this far to abandon you. If he has helped you in the past, he will still help you tomorrow. He has not brought you this far to diminish anything. I want you to lift up your voice tonight. Just give him praise. Somebody just give him praise. Somebody just give him praise. This is the confidence that we have in him.
when we ask anything hallelujah just worship him
this crippled guy that was standing by the pool of Bethesda and Jesus came to him the guy saw help and he just kept on he just kept on I don't have anyone to help me All Jesus asked him was just a simple question. But I want the, the, the story I want, what I want to bring from that story is this. The guy did not come to ask Jesus. But Jesus fished him out. So it is with a plan of salvation. None of us did God consult. But of his own volition. Out of his extravagant love. He laid out a plan. And because he knew we needed help. He brought us in. Like you and I, there are many times we are like the guy at the pool of Bethesda. Do I deserve this? Am I qualified for it? I just did something. This is who I think I am. And all Jesus is saying to us, it is finished. Just embrace it. It is finished. I don't need anything from you. Just believe that it is finished. I don't need anything. Just know that I finished it. The very hair on your head, I know it. The step you're going to make tomorrow, I already know it. There is nothing you will do that will surprise me. I factored it all in and I chose to love you. To me, sometimes these things are mind-blowing. Because I am so surrounded by my limitations. I equate God many times to the relationships around me. That is why Paul will say that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. 
I want you to just lift up your voice tonight. Just, just give him praise. for a few minutes. Um, so tonight I'm in the place of Pastor Shino. He had a pre-planned um, trip. Um, he's out of state. He's on a business trip. Um, so I'm, I'm taking his place um, tonight. I just want us to quickly look in the scriptures and um, just get your feedbacks from Sunday. And then we'll be done. Amen. Uh, how many of you were here on Sunday? Were part of the service on Sunday? How many of you will agree with me that it was a spectacularly great service? How many got home and still reeled in it over and over and over again? I have a question as we go into the scripture in just about five, ten, five minutes. I just want to hear from every one of you. And my question is, as unique as Sunday service was, how did it help you throughout the week? What was the overflow from Sunday that, that helped you all through the week? What was it? Any takers? Anyone? It didn't help? It didn't help? Did I just call names? I'm Say it again. You're special. Amen. Anyone else? Rev. You're his favorite. Okay. Anyone else? Generosity. Great. Extravagant giving. Incredible and extravagant generosity of God. That's wonderful. Anybody else? Brett Charles. From what he said, everything, he has figured everything about me. Hmm. made it available, prepared it before he sent on this earth. Hmm. So on that purpose, it's like, I just need to bask into whatever he has made. My God. And, and I think for me, that was actually the aha moment. Uh, it was just reading that message version 
uh, there was just something that it did. It awakened um, something. Uh, maybe for me, especially on Sunday morning, the voice that I heard in my meditation was, do you know how I feel about you? And then to come in on Sunday and to hear that over and over again, it was just a mind-blowing thing. And throughout the week, what that has done for me is just been to sit back and just begin to take in everything, even from the words that I speak, the things that go through my mind. I, I'm just re-examining myself. Is it based on knowing that I'm very special to him? I mean, is it based on knowing that he, he especially chose me before the foundations of the earth? And I think for every one of us, that is where the rubber meets the road. It is what determines how our day moves. More than anything, I think what God is really looking for is just that connectedness to how special we are in his sight. Let's look at those scriptures again. Then I also want to read a different scripture, but... I want us to go to that Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read message again. Um, Pastor started from verse 7. He said, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, I want us to take time to read it. His blood poured out on the altar of the cross. We are a free people. Just ponder on that. We are a free people. And he didn't just mention this freedom one time. It says, free of penalties and punishments that have been chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free. I mean, it's amazing how that word just keeps coming up. And not just barely free. I mean, to be barely free from something is, yeah, you're just struggling with it. It said, you're not just barely free either. Abundantly free. Man, this is it. He thought of everything. Mm -mm. Provided for everything we could possibly need. Letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. Just imagine that. It's a different thing for somebody to lay down a plan. I've seen architects lay down plans, and some of them are angry just laying down the plan. But, but here he says that it took delight in making this plan. He set it all out before us in Christ. A long-range plan in which everything will be brought together and summed up in him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. What God is saying here is that no matter what you're going through right now, it pales in the sight of the fulfillment of his plan in your life. That if you can just look through the lens of that finished work, it will change our perspective of life completely. It says, it is in Christ verse 11, that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ 
and got our hopes up. He had his eyes on us. Had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose he is making out in everything and everyone. No wonder the same Paul was saying in Romans 8 that he's working all things out together for your good. I want you to say to yourself tonight, all things are working out together for my good. Amen. He says, it is in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. For those of you that have ever purchased a house, you go to the attorney's office you closed. And the attorney says to you, we have a stamp on it. We are going to send it to the county for the county to have their stamp on it. And it's going to be delivered to your house. On the day you receive it, you see every signature and every seal on that thing. And you know without a shadow of a doubt, the name that is written there is the name that is marked for this house. And now he's saying here, this signet from God is the first installment on what's coming. A reminder that we will get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. It can't get any better than that. It, it, it gives you a sense of peace and a sense of satisfaction. That somebody's got my back. I wasn't born by accident. No wonder I can understand why some therapist will say to some, some, some children that were, that were products of rape. That you may think you are a product of an earthly issue. But ultimately, somebody has their eyes on you. And that's Jesus. You are not just a thing that happened. You, listen, you, your parents did, our parents did not just decide, listen, we, we need to get together and have children. You, you think it wasn't God that put a desire in them? That's how far we need to believe. But I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 3, and then I'm going to open it, us, open it up for us to talk. In Ephesians chapter 3, and this is just like coming back to what Paul said in chapter 1. From verse 4, bless you. He said, as you read over what I've written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's Spirit, through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, same help, same promises in Christ Jesus. 
The message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. This is my life work. work. Helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me. A real surprise. God handling all the details. When it came to presenting the message to the people who had no background in God's way, I was the least qualified of any of the available Christians. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all things in the first place, has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along. Through the followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan is becoming known and talked about all even among the angels. All this proceeding along the lines, planned all along by God, and then executed in Christ Jesus. When we trust him, we are free to say whatever needs to be said, bold to go wherever we need to go, so don't let my present trouble on your behalf get you down. Be proud. But here's what Paul is saying. He kept mentioning plan, plan, plan. He said God planned it all, executed it in Christ. Richard, he didn't plan for you to execute it. He didn't plan for you to perform anything. He planned he finished. And he said, you just come and trust. I want you to take a ride in your life you have never thought about before. That even if the road is bumpy, I'm the one carrying you. Even if it looks rough, I am your security. I knew the road was going to be bumpy before you came in. But I'm assuring you, based on my plan, that has been perfectly executed. When Jesus said it is finished, you needn't worry about anything anymore. I mean, Pastor Shino said something on Sunday, and that word just kept rolling in my head. And it's not as if I have not said it, Pastor has not said it, somebody has not said it. It was just the atmosphere. And the thing that kept going on in my head, it didn't consult me to make the plan. Why would he need me to perform it? I mean, it's like seeing a, a structure that is completely finished, an edifice that is completely finished. And what you and I, it would sound like it's crazy, right? But this is how I summed it all up when I sat down in my house on Sunday. It, it would look like me going back to that edifice and wanting to uproot it with my own strength. To do it my own way. 
But the Bible says we are the building that God has completed. There is nothing you and I can add to anything anymore. Listen, there is no performance anymore. There is no work anymore. That God will love me is not based on the things that I do. That God loves me has nothing to do with what I did yesterday. Even though the truth of the matter is, the more I see the beauty of God, the more change is within me, that I begin to walk in a different way. That is the expectation of God. However, my inaction or action has nothing to do with a plan that is already finished. If the plan is finished, it is finished. I mean, how do we define finish? If, if there's another dictionary word for finish, let's look for it. I mean, it's like me cooking a soup and giving it to Alex, and Alex said, I want to go and cook it all over again. But I'm telling you the truth. There was an atmosphere on Sunday that God really wanted to reel the truth in. If there was one thing God wanted to get across to us on Sunday, he's saying to us, forget about your performance. If I needed it, I would not have started a plan. I would have just called you along the way, let's start a plan together. But we just read it there. He planned it. He executed it. I mean, that's the beauty about the new covenant. I don't have anything to do with the new covenant. I'm just a beneficiary. I mean, God came together with God, took my place, finished something, and then said, just, you just take partake of it. But I want us to talk. We have a few minutes. You have something to add to Sunday, whatever it is, just say it. This is where it gets tricky. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> okay, so nobody. Oh, Doc. Where there is a place of doing something, you know, we've, we've talked about uh, that um, there is no performance. I mean, you've mentioned that yeah. performance because he has done it all. Yeah. So, um, where then is a place of our doing something? He's talked about um, um, <coughs> that we are his workmanship. Yep. We are his workmanship. Uh, created in Christ Jesus. For good works. You know, for good works. Yeah. Which he had designed for us to do. Yeah. And uh, uh, the message says that we had better start doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He put it in a very nice way. Let me read this. Uh, he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him yep. in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Yep. Work we had better start doing. Amen. <clears throat> So, uh, is, it, is it the performance or is it the way that this work is done by us? 
Is it the work itself or is it the way that we do it? Because, I, you know, I don't want to be legalistic. Mm -hmm. In other words, I'm doing it because I want to be closer to God or I want him to love me more and that will be legalistic. Yes. Okay, but the message says we had better start doing it. So how do we do it in such a way that it will not be legalistic? Yes. It will be gracious. It will line up with what he has. You see, we have been engineered. We yes. have been designed to do this work. So yes. how do we do it so that it will not be seen as being legalistic? Any takers before I say anything? Anyone? Does anyone have something? The question is, how do we do this work without us being legalistic about it? I, I imagine he posed that question just to see how we were thinking about it. Mm. <laughs> and um, I would say that we do that work just by constantly leaning on him, as by constantly being connected to him, as, they, as the vine is connected to the branch, or the branch connected to the vine, being con continually connected to him and always relying on the Holy Spirit to guide us in whatever we do. I think that that would be a way to do it without being legalistic. Very good. I think another way is to simply believe what the Word of God says. Uh, the Word of God talks about we are His righteousness in Christ Jesus. He has uh, created us, um, uh, we are created in His image and in His likeness. You understand that you understand that God cannot love you more than he has already loved you. Therefore, um, just trust in him and believe in him, and you don't have to even worry about uh, what you're doing or what you're not doing. He's, he's already loved you. So there's no, uh, if I do this, he's going to love me more. There's no sort of thing like that. Just believe. Amen. Okay, go ahead. I think also um, it's just a condition of our heart. You know, our heart mixed with um, effort. If, um, if our heart is right with Christ, then and the effort is there, then that work that work is blessed. So, I think it's a lot close to what Sister Lillian was talking about. I believe everybody, um, all what was said, is very correct. Um, my own addition to it is just simply this: the works that God is talking about, um, and the works that um, um, we're talking in terms of performance as two, two ways to go about it. One is, say for example, I serve in the children's ministry. That's one. And as I go to the children's ministry every day, I'm doing it because I want God to pay attention to me. And so when I have a need in my body, in the house, I say to God, God, if you're not going to do it for anything, do it for the very reason that I wake up every day on Sunday. And I go to Sunday school ministry, and I give. I do this. I do that. I do this. Are you getting me? That has become a performance-based work. Um, 
But a work that comes out of, because it loves me, I therefore want to touch these children in love. I want to give what I've been given. I've experienced the extravagant love of God. And therefore, I as a person also have to have something that I anchor this thing on. Now, that is the motivation and the intent of God when it comes to works. It's like when I give. You can't give any more now for the heavens to be opened. I mean, what other heavens is going to be opened? He that did not withhold himself, his son, but freely gave him up for us. The Bible says, how will he not with him freely give us all things? So the definition again of all is what? All. So what, what, what the works the scripture is, is saying, the works that the scripture is talking about, which every believer should engage in, we must engage in. Because there's no way you would have experienced this thing and want to just sit on it. The, 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 I was sharing with someone the other day, we were talking, and I said, at the end of the day, the evidence of love lies in works. That's the truth. It's just that the motivation of works is no longer for performance. The motivation for, for, for the works now is love. I mean, Jesus himself said it. He said, if you don't believe anything, believe me for the very works anyway. If you will not take anything. And it is because I love you, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think that's where God is trying to get all of us to. That this, this message we're hearing is not just for us to sit down and feel good. It's that we receive this message and begin to act on it. We begin to touch lives with it. So that when I serve my husband, it also works. But my motivation is because I am loved. I want to show him what it means to be loved. If I serve in the children's ministry or I serve as an usher or I serve in the music ministry and I'm going to be signing up for that on Sunday, I'm going to be the one leading praise and worship. For those of you that want to hear me, I'm debuting. I'm debuting. I'm just joking. Anyway. <laughs> hey, you all will just leave the church on Sunday, man. Everybody will be in the parking lot. <laughs> Those who wants to kill us, man. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, as I serve in those ministries, forget about the ministries, even at work, especially the work of my hand. Whether I'm a nurse, whether I'm a doctor, whether I'm an engineer, whether I'm a real estate agent, it really doesn't matter. The key to all of this is, as I show somebody a house, and they see what is oozing out of me, they should be asking, what is it about you? As I touch a patient, I understand that this is love that is touching the patient. It's not just because I'm earning money out of it. It has become a ministry for me. So that when each of us engage in these works, we begin to see the fruitfulness and we see the yield that we're looking for because it is now of the right motivation. So the word that kept coming on Sunday was, you were not a part of this plan but you were brought into it. But the evidence of you appreciating this thing is also to go out there and be a blessing to somebody else. 
That's it. Remember the apostles in the book of Acts? When they, when, when they want to send each other off, the one thing they say is do not forget that you should remember the widows, the poor, and be a blessing to them. So ultimately, what we have received from God, it is not for us to sit on it. It is for us to give it to somebody else. That's just the bottom line of it. Amen? Any question? Any other question? Okay, so we're ready to go. Can you please stand to your feet?